Those were the days. Now it is no more. The papers told all about it, how the destruction sparked a million memories, all those echoes of lost celebrations. People called asking for keys to rooms in which they had honeymooned. A socialite in Denver called demanding a ballroom mirror. A length of bar was hauled down to a speakeasy in the village. Chandeliers were hustled to uptown drawing rooms. Then the demolition gangs swung their wrecking balls and hammers and knocked the Grand Hotel into a pile of junk that was carted away and dumped into the briny sea just off Sandy Hook, like the corpse of some refugee nobody cared to claim. Bryody is not surprised that none of the swells on stage mention the six men who died demolishing the old hotel, not surprised in the least. He considers their ugly endings, the crushed and broken bodies spirited away like just more rubble, their names already forgotten, their stories untold. He shifts his weight from foot to foot, is anxious to start work. His fellow workers watch with dull stares. They have no interest in the staged spectacle. They mutter and joke under their breath until one of the concrete crew makes a loud noise like a ripe fart and the superintendent swivels his fat head around and glares at them as if they were recalcitrant schoolboys. They fall silent. They want the work. The next stop is the breadline. Al Smith, red-faced and stout, strides to center stage as a round of applause rises against the swirl of the wind. He rolls his cigar over his teeth, tosses it aside, doffs his brown derby. He wraps a meaty hand around the neck of the microphone and cracks a wide smile that flashes gold. He sweeps a hand across his front, indicating the foundation. I know it don't look like much today, but trust me, The same way I came out of the Fulton Fish Market to rise to governor of this great state, so too will this site be transformed. A year from now we'll be drinking tea a quarter mile high in the air and looking down on Walter Chrysler's nifty little tower. Smith accepts the shouts and cheers of the crowd and talks about the project, its magnitude, its importance, as if he were still trying to convince himself that the raising of a skyscraper is a serious enough task for a man who so recently was his party's candidate for President of the United States of America. He eases the gathered into a few awkward verses of his theme song, East Side, West Side, We Trip the Light Fantastic on the Sidewalks of New York. Bridie knows the story, how Alfred E. Smith came up from the docks of the Lower East Side how he clawed his way to the top, made governor, how he looks out for his own kind. And while he no longer occupies the office, he holds the title still. They say he champions the little man, the average Joe. But center stage in his suit and vest, his tight shave, his diamond stick pin catching the morning sun, he is a long way from the reek and stifle of the cargo hold. There is to be a ritual first rivet, and Bridie, with his tall Celtic features, has been told by the superintendent that he is the ironworker's poster boy, like it or not. Dust rises in little swirls as the wind blows through the site. The dignitaries vie for position in the throw of the camera's strobe, while out on 34th Street someone leans hard on a car horn. A hush falls over the crowd.
The sky is clear. Bridie comes forward and smiles stiffly. His colleagues have a hoot at his expense, but he doesn't mind. He looks up and sees the office workers crowded at their windows, staring slack-jawed, heads resting on shoulders, women peeking through men's elbows, noting the event so as to pass it down to the generations to come. The governor, his crooked smile wide, shakes Bridie's hand. I'm a card-carrying member of the Bricklayers' Union. Bridie feels the warm fleshiness of his palm and says, Ah, that's grand, Governor, a bricky. He imagines that the last billion bricks or so in the city have been laid without the man's help. Skinny Sheehan cranks the bellows, flaring his coke fire. The rivets are bright orange now, and Sheehan spits gently into the heat.